This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to the Let's Talk About Suicide podcast. My name is Hamish Blunk, and I'm your host for this podcast. The pronouns I use for myself are he, him. Let's Talk About Suicide is a Joy 94.9 podcast that provides support, conversation, and comfort to people affected by suicide. This podcast has a particular emphasis on suicide bereavement in the LGBTIQA communities, as it is more prominent in these communities. This is a short sample of the podcast. You'll be able to download all 14 episodes in the series from the 30th of October. As the name suggests, this podcast discusses issues around suicide, which can be a tough subject to talk about, but it's important that we do talk about it openly. We want to provide support to people who are bereaved by suicide. In all of our discussions, we'll be conscious to use the appropriate language, and your self-care is important. Listening to this podcast may raise issues for you, And if this is the case, we'd encourage you to contact one of the following services in Australia. You can call QLife on 1800 184 527, Suicide Callback Service on 1300 659 467, or Lifeline on 13 11 14. You can also find all of these contact details on the JOY website at joy.org.au slash let's talk. This podcast is produced in association with Support After Suicide, a program of Jesuit social services that provides support to people who have been bereaved by suicide, and Switchboard Victoria, which provides peer-driven support services for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender and gender diverse, intersex, queer and asexual people, their families, allies and community. We'd also like to acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on the lands of the Wandjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and we would like to pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging, and to extend our respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who are listening. If you're listening to this podcast anywhere in Australia, you are on Aboriginal land. Always was, always will be. Many people are affected by suicide, and you may have experienced the suicide of a loved one, a partner, a sibling, a parent, or a friend. It can be incredibly hard to make sense of what has happened, how you cope with it, and how to recover from it. This podcast aims to help people like you through this difficult time. We want to provide support, conversation, and comfort to people affected by suicide. This is for anybody affected by a suicide death, but as rates of suicide in the LGBTIQA communities are significantly higher than the general population, we'll be taking the time to talk about how this experience can be different and more complex for people in these communities or their loved ones. Over the course of this podcast series, we are going to talk about things that broadly fit into the following themes. What you might experience when you're grieving a suicide death, dealing with guilt and blame, preparing for anniversaries and other special occasions, supporting a person who has lost someone to suicide, and honouring the loved one. You'll also get to know four courageous people who have lost a loved one to suicide and who have shared their experiences with us. They are Alice, Bo, Lara and Peter. They hope by sharing their stories that you will get some level of comfort in knowing that you're not the only one who is experiencing this. Guiding us through these discussions in all of our episodes will be two experts in the field of suicide prevention and suicide bereavement counselling. The first is Dr Louise Flynn, who uses the pronouns she, her. 
Louise is a psychologist and the manager of Support After Suicide, which is a program of Jesuit Social Services. It's a Victorian-based service and provides counselling and group support directly to those bereaved by suicide. Louise has been with Support After Suicide for 15 years, but has over 25 years' experience as a psychologist. Our second expert, Joe Ball, who uses the pronouns they-them, is the CEO of Switchboard Victoria and has listened to many stories that affect the LGBTIQA communities, including people affected by suicide. And it might be you or your loved one who identifies as LGBTIQA+, and Joe will give us their insights on this community's perspective during our discussions. In this episode, we're going to talk about what you might experience when you're grieving a suicide death, not only in the initial period after the death, but the weeks, months, and indeed years afterwards. Everybody's experience is different, but there are some similar experiences that people have. Movies and pop psychology make grief sound like it's a path that everybody follows, that you'll be in denial, that you'll have your anger phase, maybe depression, and so on until you reach some kind of acceptance of your loss. Is this what you're experiencing? It's definitely not the case for me. Alice's initial reaction was anger in the period after her friend Ingrid's suicide. I was also very angry. I think that set in very early and quite strong. And I kind of decided not to hold it against myself. I was like, that's... Like, I'm just not going to feel guilty for feeling angry. Um, Yeah, I felt quite angry at Ingrid. Um, And it was a very, like... um, I was also kind of at odds with my personal, like, philosophical beliefs about suicide, um, which is that I don't believe that... um, I don't believe that suicide is selfish. I don't believe anything like that. But I was very angry at her, initially especially. Um, Sort of like, like, why did you do this to me? Um, Which And I struggled with that because I was like, this is almost like a selfish thought, like it's not all about me. But I was like, whatever, you know, like I I think this is fine to feel this way. Um, Like very, very angry that she didn't reach out. Um, that she was surrounded by people who cared about her and could have supported her um, and that she didn't do that and that in fact you know even though she must have been in a lot of pain um, now she had left us all with a lot of pain that we then had to deal with yeah early on in those first few days especially a lot of anger as well as a lot of a lot of grief what I liked about what Alice had to say is that she is really hinting and, and speaking about self-compassion is that she had these feelings and she let herself have them and I think that's really important is that you can you're going to have the anger you're going to have the denial you're going to have the fear you're going to have all those really intense emotions that's going to happen but then what also can happen is you can beat yourself up about that you can really take it to yourself about I shouldn't feel angry and you can hear her her battle that she has with that where she talks about that I I surprised myself but I think it's also really lovely how she talked about how she let herself have it she let herself have that anger and I think that's really important with grief is is compassion towards yourself and thinking about yourself the way you would somebody else that if you heard someone else talking about them being angry about a suicide you know how you should be and would want to be, which is just ultimately compassionate towards that. And I think sometimes we forget about ourselves. And I think too what Alice does there is that 
um, she makes that distinction. Like being angry isn't the same as being judgmental. And that that's a very good distinction to make. And I think, like you've said, Joe, one of the most important things, one of the keys to actually to grieving is that self-compassion, the self-acceptance of whatever thoughts, feelings come with it, to just allow them, as um, Alice um, so eloquently said. Speaking openly about suicide is something that as a society we need to become better at doing. But for many LGBTIQA plus people, Grieving can be more complex because of an additional layer of both stigma and discrimination in the wider community, problems with biological families, and even from internalised shame that you might have. This is Bo, who as heartbreaking as this sounds, felt that the loss of his partner Jeff was less than someone else's loss, simply because it was a gay relationship. I started thinking and getting really down about it, thinking that because know, I'm gay and I was with Jeff and it was a gay relationship that Jeff's death wasn't as important as, um, say, a, a mother with children who had lost their husband um, and left their children behind. Every life is just as important as the next, whether you you're gay, whether you're straight, bisexual, transgender, or anything like that. Every life is precious. This stigma can also dissuade people from approaching support services. Again, here's Bo. I guess how I felt going into the group sessions, um, and I went quite a few times, but then I found after a while I didn't think that it was really helping me so much because I, I remember, you know, we all went around the room, we introduced ourselves and and also, you know, the name of the person we had lost as well and uh, that started to go around, around the room and I was sitting there, I'm going, oh, oh dear, oh dear, I'm, you know, gay and there's all these women and, and well, straight women and stuff. I felt nervous for some reason about saying Jeff's name because me being a gay man and then, you know, saying my partner was also um, male, um, I didn't know how how they take, how had they um, received that. But, um, so I found that really difficult. So when it got to me, I, um, I said, hi, my name is Bo and I lost my partner, you know, um, six months ago or but I, I didn't say a name so I thought okay great I got I got out of that I don't have to but you know now I think I'm like I shouldn't have been um afraid to admit that you know I have lost somebody just just like you guys have and somebody I loved very much it just so happens that they are also males so it's a same-sex relationship I know that Bo's experience is not an uncommon one. And Joe knows this from experience, hearing lots of stories through Switchboard Victoria, an LGBTIQA plus peer-based counselling service. It's how LGBTIQA plus people have been made to feel about our relationships through historical discrimination, discrimination that we grew up with, whether in our schools, our religious organisations or society at large, that our relationships are not as equal 
um, or and a lot of stigma over our relationships. So his opinion is is quite a common one. Tragically, when you lose someone, suicide included or otherwise, when you're LGBTIQA plus, you go through those emotions of that it's not the same. It's not the same as which I guess is discrimination turned onto yourself. Um, societal discrimination turned onto yourself. And I think it's beautiful how he does actually say in that statement, we are the same. And I think that's really important. And I think it's something that we all have to challenge ourselves, that our relationships are exactly the same. Yes, we may have only just received marriage equality, but our grief and our relationships and our loves are the same and should be treated accordingly, uh, whether we've been married or, or not. And regardless of how our friends and family see it, it's very painful for people in the LGBTIQA plus community to feel like at a moment where they're most vulnerable to be concerned about that discrimination and stigma. But I think that's still a reality for a lot of us and something we have to battle with. And unfortunately have to battle with it at a time when we're our most vulnerable. I think too, what what we heard um, with Bo's experience of uh, being in the group is that sort of, as um, Joe said, that kind of battle, like feeling like it should be okay, but I'm not sure if I'm going to be accepted. So there's this sort of internal battle. And then I think because the stigma is internalised, there can be a sense like, what's wrong with me? Rather than um, someone in that sort of tussle at that point um, can kind of lose the sense that actually this internalised stigma comes from the fact that society does discriminate and stigmatise people. The stigma around suicide can complicate your grief. It can make it harder for you to talk about it or find someone who is empathetic to listen to you. But I would encourage you to try and find somebody to talk to. Maybe a support group, a professional counsellor, or try calling a helpline like QLife in Australia. Connecting with or building a community will not only help you and others around you with grieving, but also help keep other people safe. You can download all 14 episodes in this podcast series from the 30th of October from joy.org.au slash let's talk, or look for them in your podcast feed. And you'll also be able to download the full-length interviews with the courageous people who have shared their own stories. Thanks to our amazing expert panel, Joe Ball from Switchboard Victoria, and Louise Flynn from Support After Suicide. And also to the people we interviewed with lived experience, Alice, Bo, Lara and Peter. Let's Talk About Suicide is presented and produced by me, Hamish Blunk. Editorial assistance by Joy Program Director, Rachel Tyler-Jones. And technical help from Jack Trainor, Joy Production Manager. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at letstalk at joy.org.au. But if you need to talk to somebody right now, or are in crisis, please contact one of the following services in Australia. You can call QLife on 1800 184 Suicide Callback Service on 1300 659 467 or Lifeline on 13 11 14. You can find all of these contact details at joy.org.au slash let's talk. Until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au.
Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.